You're listening to PTC Point of View, brought to you by Preferred Trust Company, the preferred custodian for all alternative investments. We're here to provide retirement savers like you with the tools you need to succeed. Need a confidence boost when it comes to investing outside of the stock market? Do you want the power to build a tax-sheltered nest egg that will last through your golden years? You've come to the right place. Turn up your speakers and turn off cruise control because we're taking you on the alternate route to investing with your IRA. Well, welcome, everybody. I am Carrie Cook, CEO of Preferred Trust Company. And today I have Drew Mason with me from St. Joseph Partners. Uh, welcome, Drew. Praise be Jesus. And thank you so much for having me, Carrie. Oh, you're so welcome. So tell me, Drew, a little bit. Let's start with yourself. Tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you get into the industry? Where did you start? Why did you stay? Give me a little bit of background. Okay. So I never planned to get into the gold industry at all. Growing up, I loved the stock market. I was blessed. I attended Wharton's business school. I came out. I was working in more conventional finance. I worked on Wall Street for about 15 years. And at the end of my career on Wall Street, I was recruited to go to Lehman Brothers, Mm -hmm. which at the time had the number one stock and bond franchise in the street. It was 100 years old. And when we got to Lehman, they forced us to save about a third of our earnings in company stock and you really couldn't sell it so you were you were locked in on the company as many of the audience may recall then 2008 hit and lehman brothers was ground zero of the financial crisis yeah and so i had all of that savings just go to zero overnight and i felt absolutely worthless not only financially but just as you know a provider for my family that i had let that happen Mm -hmm. and i think when people go through financial near-death experiences like that, it changes you. And you start asking the right questions as an investor. What really is safe for the Mm -hmm. portion of my capital that I want to be able to sleep well that I'm involved in, right? If you invest in, you know, an entrepreneurial venture or derivatives, you know you're shooting for the moon, but you know it could go to zero. But you want to be really clear on the portion of your portfolio that if that doesn't work out, that you're protected, your family's protected. Mm -hmm. And when you do that research, I think gold is unique in finance in that every case study comes out the same. You can go back 500 years, 1,000, 2,000 years. When countries take on too much debt, then their currencies compress in value and wealth transitions to gold. Gold has never gone to zero. It carries no liabilities. It has simply worked. And Mm -hmm. I realize no one in America really has gold. You look at the millions of financial advisory accounts that are surveyed out there, and the average allocation, even to this day, is still 0% gold. Mm. So when I saw that, I saw the opportunity, because historically, what really shines, no pun intended, after a big debt crisis is gold. And so I transitioned my career into that. I'm still in it because... Gold also, I think, is unusual from most investments in that if you buy a stock, you know, you, you buy it, but you probably have some concerns about the company, whether it's the management team, competition, et cetera. Yeah. The more you get into gold, the more comfortable I think you'll become that this makes so much sense. This asset is so unique. 
And so that's why I'm still in it. Tell us a little about your company, what what you guys do, how how you operate, and how somebody can get a hold of you guys, where you're at. G- give us all the down low on St. Joseph Partners. Well, thank you so much, Carrie. So our website is stjosephpartners.com. We built out a full trading platform there and you can contact us there. We have a lot of uh, research that we've written <clears throat> that's there. And I feel super blessed with the team that we have. Um, we started the company after Lehman Brothers. If the audience looks close, you'll see this scar on my forehead. It says <laughs> Lehman Brothers. And that was, so St. Joseph is supposed to be the antithesis of that, where if things get really bad, people yeah. have their gold and they'll mm-hmm. be protected. So that's all we do is precious metals um, for people. Our team, some of whom have, you have met uh, over the years, is fabulous. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I really do love the people I'm working with. We get that kind of feedback from our clients. When we named the company what we did, we got so much grief from people. And I had dear friends who wanted to wish me well, you know, who were looking out for my interests saying, you're an idiot. You know, people <laughs> are going to not do business with you if you have this faith component in there. And I, I felt so conflicted because I felt like I was supposed to do this to honor the Lord in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. And I can say I had a real come to Jesus moment, like, Lord, I've just thrown my family under the bus at Lehman Brothers. We've just blown up so much savings. Do you want me to do this? Mm-hmm. And it was one of the only times in my life where I thought it was so urgent that I just opened the Bible to see where my eyes fell, that I wasn't mishearing something. And they fell to the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, where they were thrown into the fire and the mm-hmm. Lord protected them and blessed them. And I feel I would just encourage everyone out there who has faith, don't be afraid to step out in faith. He just honors you. That, is, that has been our experience. We have been so blessed. Um, so as a team, we pray together every day for our clients, for their protection, for blessings mm-hmm. on their families. They'll call us and you know, they'll talk to us about different intentions they have. And we meet the most wonderful people, Carrie, just the yeah, most I bet. wonderful people. We feel so blessed. And uh, we think we think we have a really um, bright future that we're in the right industry with medals for coming. And we have so many opportunities that, are, that, that have come to us um, for all different niches um, with the business. So we, we are very enthused. Uh, so I encourage you to reach out to us. I think you'll, you'll really be happy with the people you interact with. Yes. I will second that. Um, the staff cannot be more kind, um, generous with their time um, with clients. I mean, if you have questions upon questions upon questions, um, they are not going to put you in a 10 minute slot. <laughs> you will have as much time as you need to work through um, every question that you have as it pertains to this type of investment. And, you know, it is it's stepping outside of your comfort zone and not listening to, you know, an advisor telling you, you don't need this in your portfolio. Um, you know, take an opportunity to chat with St. Joseph partners and and they'll walk through, um, and maybe not as in detailed as Drew did, but I can assure you that, um, he does educate his staff and, and they know, you know, they understand the trends, they understand the reason they believe in what they're selling. Um, and that that's a big, big part of it is is truly believing and selling it at the right at the right price to you. They're not here to gouge. Um, you know, they they are faith-based. 
Um, and that doesn't always mean that that, you know, they're, they're the good guys, but they certainly lead with that. And, um, that's something that, um, if you take comfort in that, um, this may be a group that you want to reach out to. So why do you think it is that so many people do not have gold in their portfolio? What, what is the, what is the missing factor that is not getting this message out? Well, you have hundreds of thousands of financial advisors who mm-hmm. talk it down, right? Again, yeah. their de facto recommendation is zero zero percent physical gold. Now they will deny that, but look at the people's statements, right? Again, look yeah. at survey after survey. They don't have yeah. it. So like it or not, that's their recommendation. So from a financial advisor's perspective, and I, I don't I don't mean this maybe the way that it's it's going to sound, but is it I don't I want to choose my words very wisely here. Is it just not convenient for them to put clients into precious metals for two reasons? One, you know, you got to do some work. This isn't something where you can just push a button. And two, their fee is not easily generated or generated at all at that point. I mean, is that the real reason why we do not see a higher percentage of gold in individuals' portfolios? I mean, yes, they can say whatever they want, but when we talk (laughs) about the nuts and crux of it, um, am I wrong in making that statement? Yes, they say in negotiating the reason given is not the reason that is that is real, right? So uh, I think that, I mean, look, who would argue that Wall Street isn't working in its self-interests, right? Absolutely. And, there and that's is, what people need to hear. Like when they, when somebody tells you no, look into it further. <laughs> yes. Look further, look further, look beyond that. Um, I think we've all been in situations where our financial advisors have said to us, well, you know, that carries a higher degree of risk. Really? A collateralized investment has a higher degree of risk? Is that because I'm taking money away from you? Because I feel like that reduces my risk. And I've had those conversations. I'm sure others of our listeners have had those same conversations. I mean, we're a self-directed custodian, right? Our goal is to get people to think outside the box and look at alternative investments to diversify and not just put all their eggs in one basket. Because the reality of what Drew is talking about here, I mean, these are hard and true facts. These are numbers. The numbers aren't lying. History doesn't lie. The repeating of history is a trend. <laughs> so trends tend to repeat themselves. So we we do, as, as listeners, we have to be cautious in what others are saying, good, bad, or indifferent. But then there's the flip side of that, right, Drew? There's the flip side of that. And I know Preferred Trust Company only works with a, f- a few precious metals dealers uh, for a very specific reason. And that has to do with the fact of, you mentioned Armageddon. And, you know, unfortunately, there is a lot of dealers in the U.S. that tend to push more of an Armageddon approach to what you're saying, scare tactic, whatever you want to call it, into having somebody buy metals for a very, very, very high dollar amount, much higher than the value of the metal. Why is that happening? And maybe you can't answer that question because that's not something, that's not a practice um, that that you're familiar with, but why is that happening? Is it because of the facts that you're mentioning? Opportunity well, strikes. I, I think, Carrie, that anyone in finance would agree to sell stocks is a more profitable model. It's all digital than to sell the physical. You see it, you know, the time, yes. the expense of 
custodying, auditing, right? Because you're dealing with yes. these individual assets. It's just, it's not, as, it's not as profitable. Yeah. And if you think that through, I think that in all likelihood has a, a big part in why advisors don't recommend it. The other element is as investors learn more about gold and as yeah. they learn more about our history, then I think the advisors management teams realize that 2% allocation is not the right number. It probably is 20% or some, yeah. or maybe even more than that. And that's mm-hmm. really deleterious to their income statements. Absolutely. So Absolutely. I think, I think that is part of it. With regard okay. to what you're saying, um, you know, Armageddon. And, yeah. and just to be clear, because I wince when I hear that, I, I don't want to, I, I hope the audience does not feel like I'm coming across saying, get ready for Armageddon. It's just the opposite. We yeah. have 5,000 years of financial data. We've never had Armageddon. So I'm not betting on it now. But yeah. what I am betting on is a currency transition. When people who have life insurance and dollars, who have CDs, T-bills, T-bonds, the, 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 what those assets buy is going to compress in value. Instead mm-hmm. of it taking $100 to buy dinner, maybe it'll take $500, right? Whereas yeah. instead of taking you know a half an ounce of gold to buy something, you know, mm-hmm. take a tenth of an ounce because gold yeah. is becoming more valuable. Mm-hmm. Now, why many who push this Armageddon scenario, I think it is because they're in situations where their cost structures are way too high, mm-hmm. especially, Carrie, when you look at what it, what it entails to advertise on some of these national yeah. programs. We see it regularly, people coming to us and showing us what they've done. We've tried to help people, you know, get their money back um, yeah. because- the only way for these um, dealers to pay for that type of advertising is if what they're selling has massive markups. Mm-hmm. And so we we don't deal in that. I I we we really own what we invest and really carry you, you know, you are in a uh, position that would be difficult for most to replicate in that I think over time you've seen a lot of dealers, and as a custodian, you see what they do with their clients' money. And you yeah. you can see the margins they're making, the types of products they're buying, and I think that is why. So we have we've built our company on a very um, low cost type mm-hmm. operation where we don't have that um, you know that nut over our heads that we have to hit yeah. every month just to meet our advertising budget. And and the reality is that allows us to do what's in our clients' interests. Yeah. So as an individual that is taking notice of of what you're mentioning and looking for a way to buy precious metals, how easy is it to buy metals? Like, can you just log on to a website and buy your metals and have them drop ship to you? That's a cash perspective. And then from the IRA perspective, I mean, how many individuals are looking to diversify using their qualified funds in metals? What are you seeing out there? So in the taxable market, which you referenced first, mm-hmm. we do see that. We have a, 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 an online trading exchange where someone can log in, buy them, and we will ship them either to storage for them, where they say, or they can okay. take delivery. Okay. Um, in the IRA market, we are absolutely hearing interested parties calling. Right now, it seems like they're doing their thinking, their due diligence, but the the ease is really quite straightforward, as you could describe, Harry, even more articulately than I could. But, you know, yes, it takes a little effort to open a new account. So all in, 
you know, I think the average person would say the amount of time they're doing with opening an IRA account in metals with us to work with you is less than an hour with our team. Yeah. So if I'm, let's take a scenario of an individual. Um, If I'm 50 years old and I am looking to diversify some of my portfolio in gold, but I'm really accustomed to seeing um, income generating off of my investments. What what would you say to an investor that's like, well, am I going to get income from this? Is this appreciating value? What type of appreciating value is this? In the long term, does it look the same as the income that I'm generating? Like, how do you settle the minds of individuals um, that are opening up you know, call it a self-directed IRA. Now I've got fees associated, right? I've got the IRA custodian I have to pay. I've got a depository fee I have to pay. Are those fees going to outweigh the appreciating value of my metals over time? Does that happen? Does that not happen? Is it better for me to invest in cash? Like where, where do you fall on that? I, I know where I do. I think there's a you know, I think that it should be a higher percentage of the portfolio, similar to you, my opinion only, and one that I actually abide by. But that's my opinion, right? There's got to be every layer degree of risk allocation in your portfolio. And then like I, you know, my my rainy day fund very much looks is in metals. <laughs> a lot of it is anyways. What, what does that look like? I mean, does it make sense? Does it not make sense? You know, because you're talking about investors that are accustomed to seeing a statement that shows you gained this or you, you're negative that. And metals metals doesn't do that as much as I, I think people would uh, like them to do, right? That yes. the volatility is not there. <laughs> and, yes. you know, it's more of that, that stable component that I think people are just missing. Like that's, that's a lot of the point of why you would want metals as part of your portfolio. So give me an idea. Like what, what does that look like? I'm 50 years old. I'm going to retire at 65. I put 10% of my portfolio, let's call it a million dollar portfolio. 10% of the portfolio is going into precious metals uh, for 15 years. I'm buying at today's value. What is it going to look like 15 years from now? Okay, great question. Shake up that snow globe and tell me what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the way we try to look, shake up the snow globe is to say, all right, let's look at the data in our rear view mirrors okay. over time and see yep. what we can, you know, to give us some boundaries here. Yeah. So over the last 50 years, gold has appreciated at 7% a year since it's begun trading freely. Since 2000, it's been appreciating at 8% a year. So let's call it seven to eight. Okay. So compare that to the expenses, which are going to be less than a percent, okay. right? Mm-hmm. And so you're coming out net plus whatever. Yeah. If and that's if we don't see any acceleration, which we may not. Yeah. Again, history is suggesting we probably aren't yeah. going to see an acceleration in this price. So, what about you know not having income? You're right. It, gold does not pay a dividend. In some ways, it's like buying raw land, right? You, there you, go. you just have yeah. this high probability it's going to appreciate mm-hmm. in value over time. So if you need income, you don't yep. use gold for that part of your portfolio. Exactly. But let's think about also the trade-off because today, especially, we see a lot of people, uh, more mostly in the taxable markets, mm-hmm. saying, you know, why do I want gold when I can get 5% on a T-bill? 
today, right? Mm -hmm. And if you have a million dollar portfolio, that's 50,000 a year, which is, you know, pays a lot of expenses. And here's how I would suggest investors think about this. So you're getting 5% on your T-bill. What do you think is the probability that the dollar is going to lose 5% or more of its purchasing power in the year ahead? Meaning it's going to cost 5% more than it is today, this time next year, to buy a basket of goods. Okay. Yeah. So every investor is going to answer that differently. Get mm-hmm. comfortable with they it are. yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Get comfortable. Mm-hmm. All right. The higher the percentage of likelihood you think that the dollar is going to lose that 5% means you're going back to square one because you're not keeping up to the, yeah. up to the pace with inflation with that yeah. coupon. Mm-hmm. Plus, you have to ask yourself, you know, the, U.S. dollar, that is what you're investing. You're getting this coupon, but the mm-hmm. asset is U.S. dollar. What do you think the likelihood is when you go to retire, take this money out, that the U.S. dollar is going to be regarded and as, worth, as worthwhile There's as no it is way. today? Yeah. Do you think that probability is significant? Or now on the flip side, okay, so we, we framed out we know we take the 5% coupon because we like the income, but what yeah. are the risks of that? Now, let's yeah. compare it to gold. Okay. So gold's not going to pay me anything mm-hmm. in a dividend. But okay. what do you think is the probability that gold is going to be more than 5 is going to be 5% or more, more valuable in a year? Mm-hmm. Meaning gold will go up 5% or more. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. Okay, if you think 5% is not much, right? In, in the, in, in, for what we're talking about here. If yeah. you think gold is going to be more than 5% above its current price, then you're you're already kind of in a very different decision point of whether I want gold or T-bills, right? Yeah, I like that. I, thank you for taking uh, breaking it down in that fashion. I think that helps individuals realize um, the comparison between the two. You did that very well. I really appreciate that. So all fun kidding aside, tell me, gold, silver, palladium, platinum, what's your go-to? So what Carrie just named are the four precious metals. I do, we we offer all of them, but personally, I'm into gold and silver. Platinum and palladium will probably both do very well in the future because all assets priced in dollars that are real are probably going to see appreciation moving forward. But platinum and palladium are industrial assets, right? Mm-hmm. They are their primary end markets are in automotive and other industry yeah. applications. So that means you really are expecting to have strong end market demand for those metals. Why we buy gold is the hedge for people, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. When there's going to be economic weakness. So my expectation is that gold and silver will be better in that weak market where there isn't this economic explosion, it's people trying to regain their yeah. and figure out what's next in the new financial paradigm that is coming. Because we talked about gold is money and silver is money. And mm-hmm. so on the one hand, people say to me, gold's the most stupid asset. I can't eat it, I can't drive it, I can't wear it. But I would say, if you look at history, we could find out that moving forward, gold is the most utilitarian asset. And Carrie, just think about how brilliant, how brilliant the founders of our country were, our founding fathers. In the Constitution, they specified 
only gold and silver would be legal money. Nothing else could be. They subsequently put the death penalty in place if anybody tried to make different money on the gold and silver. Now, obviously, we never enforced that, and it's been tragic. But why did they say gold and silver? Well, they knew gold would be ideal for wealth and for big ticket transactions. Mm -hmm. But they wanted to protect the working class, the farmer, the shoesmith, whoever they, whatever the industry was, they wanted to protect the working class. And they knew if they were paid in silver, then the the working class's wealth would be protected. And they would be able to then go and buy whatever they wanted to buy with that real silver, as opposed to getting paid in what was a paper currency or what was called a paper script that wouldn't have value and would just decimate the middle class. And the mix of gold and silver depends on questions we ask the individual investor to get at what's most important to them. And then that allows us to guide the mix, um, customizing and crafting something that's best for them. Makes sense. You should write a book about the history of gold and silver. You have it's some interest. You have some very interesting details that I think mo- most of us, including myself, don't know. So it, it is kind of intriguing when you take it all the way back to what it originally was intended to do, and it still applies today. Like it, exactly. <laughs> it still exactly. applies today. Okay, little lightning round. Couple questions. Can you take precious metals? In volume through an airport. Yes, you can. Yes, you I got asked totally that legal. question. I got asked that question a few weeks ago, and I knew that we had this planned. And I thought, I don't know, but I'm going to ask somebody that might know the, the answer to that question. I was not 100% sure. And here's the reason why they asked me the question it kind of goes back to everything we've been talking about today is, you know, what, what happens if, right? And, and having metals and, you know, boarding a plane and leaving the country or whatever, whatever's going on, um, either here or abroad or in your head or, you know, whatever it is, um, can I actually take it, go to another country, sell my bars of gold and live happily ever after? I mean, I think that's, that was, that was where the conversation was headed. And I thought, well, I mean, okay, like maybe. Understandable. Excellent questions. And you know, you talk about how interesting the history of gold is. We could talk for days about so yes. many facets. And thank you so much for having me, Carrie. Thanks for joining us for another episode of PTC Point of View, where retirement savers meet alternative investments. Know someone who's struggling with a retirement strategy? Tell them about our show. Can't wait for the next episode to learn more? Visit our website at preferredtrustcompany.com or give us a call at 888-990-7892.